welcome back to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Josh. On this week's episode, we're talking Season 1, Episode 12, Fire. Was this one circled on your X-Files? We're going to do this episode calendar. We're going to do this uh, episode X-Files calendar that you have hanging up in your house. Um, I mean, if you extend any timeline out long enough, (laughs) it was not, it was not in uh, the 2018 calendar. Okay. You didn't anticipate that. (laughs) No. Okay. But we're here. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. Fire, man. Um, it's funny because I've said many, many times on this podcast that I have seen season one, the most of all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet, I feel like I've only watched this episode like a few times. Sure. I mean, I've probably seen Ice and Beyond the Sea 20 times. Easy. Easy. Sure. Even like, even a lot of the other ones, which aren't amazing, but, um, you know, are, are decent entries. Um, what did we just talk about? Uh, Fallen Angel. Fallen Angel, at least 10, 12 times. Damn. I think Fireman, like... A few. Okay. I mean, maybe it's more than that, but this is uh, what I said about Eve. Actually, that was the last one. Yeah. Dumb, dumb. What I said about Eve, um, rewatchability, memorable. Um, I won't say this isn't a rewatchable episode because actually I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. There's stuff to enjoy. Yeah. Um, as far as being a really good episode <laughs> no no this is the kind of this is a i like an x-files fan can only appreciate this episode this is not one you show to like somebody like you've never seen the x-files dude come here have a seat here's a beer we're gonna watch fire you don't do that no yeah if you do that if you do that then that is a crime against sex files mm-hmm And now listen, that's harsh, right? To call it a crime, but it kind of is. Yeah. But I think once you love the show, you can, you can have a lot of fun with this one because I did. It has to be fun. Yeah. Right. It's a romp. It it is a romp. And It's it's a romp through the English countryside back in your Oxford days, you know, driving around. It it would, it would behoove me now that I'm, now that I'm friendly with a man from Northern England to not say the English countryside to say South of London, where all those Nancy cunts are. <laughs> because if I, it's been an eye opening experience, you know, I've been getting culturally um, educated because I'm sure if he observed this episode, he would wish fire upon them all <laughs> on the one hand. Yeah, now, the irony, their south and north is kind of the opposite of ours. Like, if, right. if you very, very generalize it, it's not if exactly you generalize the same. It, yeah. But um, as far as the, blue the collar, south being, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, north's more blue collar than the south. But yeah, south are the Nanzis, according to him. Sorry if you're near London or in it. Um, How about you, man? This, uh, what's your history with this one? Uh, you know, this, is, this, this enters what I call the, the Dean X-Files blender. And I, I, I'm like, this is going to be delish. I sip it. I'm like, this isn't what I remember. 
I must have missed an ingredient. So there are some times when I do this with this show, I think I'm about to watch something and it's like, oh, no, no, that's this other episode. Do you remember the very first thing that you and I recorded together? Dude, I was just thinking about this today. What's the name of it? Firewalker. Okay, so Firewalker, not to be confused with fire. Right. I, I was like, not fire, firewalker. This is the, this is... This is not that guy. This is the other guy. This is the, the fucking actor here who, who I actually really like, Mark Shepard. Yeah. And speaking of BSG, obviously. Dude, BSG, he's in, he is a science fiction animal as far as TV <laughs> goes. He's in Firefly. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah, holy shit. He's in, um, he's in that other Whedon flick with the ro- sexy robot girls. Did you see that one? Mm. Dollhouse, I think it's called. No. He was I, in I Sliders. He was in Voyager. He was in... Uh, Supernatural. I haven't... Oh, was he? That, but that's a... Yeah, that's a big one. He was in the, the Bionic Woman Dude, remake. He, he's in 70 episodes of Supernatural. Of course, that show's, that show's been on since fucking yeah. TV One Color. They pump, they pump him out. He is a big-time science fiction TV actor, which is kind of cool. Yeah, Romo Lampkin he plays in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Isn't he like the law, uh, like a law, yes. law guy? Yeah. Yes, and I think he's blind or something. Yeah, dude, it's that I haven't gotten like I remember season one so much better than the rest oh, of BSG. Me, me too. So me too. I'm really excited to get further into it. But. Josh, you'd be happy to know he starred in the TV show Jag, Judge Advocate no. General's TV show. <laughs> you know, a- fucking Sea Law. I'm talking about Bird Law. That is fucking um, funny. Hey, fun fact for uh, anybody listening, Firewalker was the first podcast mm. I ever recorded. When I, you know, when we first started talking about doing something and you said, hey, I have an idea I've been wanting to talk to you about and we were feeling out talking about it and I was getting a little bit more involved with the podcast. The very first podcast we sat down and recorded was basically a test run. You said to me, hey, pick out an X-Files app, not like a, a great, not like an absolute Not your sticker. favorite. Not your favorite, but not like an absolute piece of shit. Just something, just an episode. And let's just give it a try. Let's see how it works. Let's see how we feel on the mics or whatever. And I did. It I was Firewalker, dude. Because I was like, fucking S-Files. In, the, in your face when I said the, I couldn't even, because we didn't have an X-Files show. No. And I said X-Files and your eyes were like, it was the moment that yeah. this show was born in that moment. It's kind of cool to think about. So but a little, we good, little good shit. news, bad news, by the way, on that. But go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, we recorded it, and then we eventually dropped it. And uh, then I was, I was thinking about it the other day. Mm-hmm. This is a, a few weeks back. And looking through the feed, and it wasn't there. I think it was when we, maybe longer ago, when we first started the um, back at the beginning, and we were going back in order. Yep. And uh, that podcast is, is gone. Okay, so you know the bad news. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Dude, it was in the science fiction film podcast feed. But it's gone now. It's fucking gone. So I'm still looking for it. I have an, a Libsyn archive file I'm looking through. But remember, I've had a couple of computer wipes and I've lost one to a flood. I've also had, I, I also had a corrupted, um, um, I spilled coffee on an external recorder. And I think that's where it, went, where it was too, the backup. Because I never took it off the external hard drive on the old recorder I had. Hmm. Right. So, good news 
is <laughs> we're going to record it again. So is that's that going to be the cool. first time? Is that the first time you, you're ever going to cover the same media twice? Yep. Uh, we've cool. had a pretty good record, man. <laughs> cool. our, our error percentage is pretty low, but and, and it could have been worse. At least it's a TV episode and some of are coming back from so long ago. So, But yeah. yeah. So back to the blender. I went, hmm, this doesn't taste like Firewalker. And you know, <laughs> I confuse him a little. Now, I will admit, I am, I, am, I am being a bit hyperbolic because I do know, I, because we recorded Firewalker in recent memory, I knew it wasn't that episode where he's in the volcano. So I remembered this one, but I couldn't, I, I definitely didn't remember that Mark Shepard was in it. So that was a cool surprise. Um, I saw that on the notes first. I think it was Damaris posted about he's the sci-fi king, and she's right. He's 100%. So here we are. And so history, to say I have a history, I, I remember there being fire. <laughs> I didn't remember much else. And then, you know, do you know as you watch something and your memory start to unlock as you watch it? Yeah. That was a I, bit of my experience here. I'm watching and go, oh, wait, there's going to be the femme fatale British chick, right? Ah, yes, there she is. I remember I rem- her. Just I remember like her being hotter before. than she was. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> me too that's kind of fucked up to say right yeah. I don't want to besmirch the young lady she's a she's a pretty lady but just goes she's to show a, you that she's a handsome woman she's a handsome woman yeah she is she would be you know when you do pyramids cheerleaders <laughs> she's got a sturdy and strong and wide back I think she'd be on the bottom bottom tier she's on the bottom tier of the pyramid and the other ones climb on top of her <clears throat> Yeah, you know what I mean? she. I mean, it doesn't help that her character is painful. It, it's, it's really painful. <laughs> it's and really and painful. I thought to myself, I knew you were going to think the same way I did about her, and I thought I'm going to cook up an entire, uh, like like Con Air except fake. <laughs> <laughs> like I was going to come to her defense in a hilariously hyperbolic way, and I even like put a couple of. I, I was like, I'm going to jot down a couple of bullets. I put bullet one. And I was like, good looking lady. And then I put bullet two in nothing else. <laughs> and I was like, well, this isn't even going to be fun. So I did you, did you try drinking a bottle of whiskey? I did not. Well, that helps. Okay. Well, <laughs> noted. I don't think I could do that and remain conscious, however. I, don't, I do not have the, the same tolerance as you. So that second bullet sort of lingered there like a lost, like Pluto. Is it a planet? Is it not? It just fucking swam out there in the, in the, in the universe. Number two, she'd probably bang you, and that okay. I don't just mean you; I mean the the royal third the royal person, all. you, like any anybody with the penis. I think. Okay, yeah, especially yeah, I get you. Well, especially Fox, but she's a she's a hungry little sparrow. Well, you know, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a nutritional deficiency in in London. I'm told. Yeah, I don't actually think she would bang anybody. Now I think about it, she would just. The way the character is written, she just wants everyone to want to bang her. Yeah, I get that narcissism. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, she's significantly older than them. It's kind of cool. Like, she's, like, what, 10 years older than Gillian Anderson? It's so oh, weird to like think like the about. actress. Yeah, Amanda Pays. Yeah, I, I couldn't 15, get a sense. 59, Jillian Anderson, 50, 68, so nine years her senior. Yeah, that's year of birth, obviously not 
date. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yes. Not Because <laughs> <laughs> if Julian Anderson looks like that at 68, then... Okay. She's a fucking vampire. In um, 1960 for Mulder. Okay, so you're actually looking at the character's date of birth? No, no, no. The actresses. I'm sorry. Okay. 68 for Anderson, 60 for Duchovny, 59 for her. So she's yeah. only a year older than Mulder. But, but here's the thing, though. I don't... I'm not sure... In the show, I think she's supposed to be a contemporary of Mulder. I don't think she's supposed to Because they went to school to be... together. Yeah. 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 And they talk about useful, youthful indiscretions and whatnot. Right, but, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Let's just fucking dive into this thing and see where, uh, where it takes us. Sure, sure. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> so, so, where do we go? A jolly old England, sir. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. In both England, these, miles. And, and, you know, these aren't like the fucking Statham types, right? They're like, they talk like that. There are only, to the average American, for, for any of our UK listeners, of which we do have a good number. It's, sh- um, it's shocking. Uh, you should know, if you weren't aware, that we, we dumb colonials, there are only two types of you people in our mm-hmm. mind. Right. Um, one is Lord Mars in here. Yes. Right? Um, every all, villain in, in Star Wars. <laughs> every villain in Star Wars <laughs> have the poshest, most outrageous accent, always calm, unperturbed, walk slow, wearing a tux or a dress suit 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Or a red uh, coat if it's a historical piece. Sure. Looking, looking over, you always have tracts of land, and you always have servants, a galore, a plenty, or slaves, depending on the time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, your your name then, ends in O-N, always. <laughs> yes. Right? Yep. Tavington. And, Lexington. And the only other type of, of British person is, is your, your Statham uh, East London fucking right. oi oi right. all right yeah I'm, I'm yeah. becoming I'm becoming Scummy aware dock worker yes that's it There's I'm becoming no aware of the ground. north as I said earlier which <laughs> yeah. is more of like your kind of rugged Sean Bean accent which we've yeah. discussed before you know winter they talk like that they get that kind of there's almost a little bit of uh, that 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 fucking Scottish sneaking in there as much as they yeah. don't want to admit it. I don't know the accent's great. I don't know if that's like Midlands or North. Or, Midlands is kind of like up there a little bit. But. Up there. But you're right. And, and we're dealing with a pretty exclusive type outside of, outside of the bad man. The bad man has a bit of an Irish song, doesn't he? Well, that's another thing that confuses shit out of me is that he is <laughs> the first thing he says is, oh, top of the morning to you. Right. Like, well, it's Irish- 1993. The IRA is in vogue. They're doing a lot of killing, mm-hmm. and I th- of of these fancy pants types, and I think that's what we were going for here. I think they were trying to to implant that seed, you know, those movies. But then later, he doesn't have an Irish accent. I don't know. He goes back to English. I don't think he knows. Uh, yeah, and I was looking up. Uh, by the way, I um, this is how. Despite being, I've been to England a shitload, still am not great with the accents. I was like, this girl, Phoebe, definitely not British. That's a terrible accent. She is 100% British. 100% British. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and you know what it comes down to? I'm like, well, fuck me. Maybe just not a good actor in 93. Sure. I mean, okay. there is a line in this film that, you know, you know, we talk about Christopher Waltz's delivering in Glorious Bastards or Django, right? The, the, the airtight, perfect delivery, right? 
There's a yeah. moment with Amanda Pays where there is a delivery of a certain line, and I have it written down, and I don't know where it is in this mass of notes. So hopefully I remember it when I get to it. Boy, it is a challenge. Yeah, it's like... Uh, <laughs> it's a challenge. Is it a, is it a little bit Nicholson and Departed? I guess. <laughs> yeah, hey, I guess. Even, even the greats. Even I the greats. Guess. Sometimes, uh, uh, well... Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. So, but dude, he, it is just such a stereotype to the extreme as he slowly walks down his garden path. It is servants are all beneath him. (laughs) This is literally, they're literally eye lined below him (laughs) so they can look up at his glorious wealth. He walks slowly from one to the other with that expecting with that asshole way that he does the umbrella. I (laughs) fucking hate, listen, love British people. This is these are the ones though they can go in the robot wars. Yeah, they they real quick. Sorry to say it. There's a reason we were funding those Irish guys that were blowing those dudes up. <laughs> All that money coming from the good old Commonwealth of Massachusetts. How like it? M16s. <laughs> well, there's a boat from Boston that went to fucking Belfast. No, but yeah, it's kind of fucked up. But <laughs> well, at least. This might earn us a different one, sir, than... And he says what? Top of the morning to you. Oh, top of the morning. Fucking lucky charms, Sartre. Um, yeah, and... Uh, that it, wave is just... Oh. When his hand caught on fire, I, I actually was... My heart, like the, the tempo of... What am I trying to say? My pulse rate increased. Yeah. It's, it's quick, too, man. This, this pre-credit sequence is 45 seconds, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's so fast. It's awesome. It's it's Lord. Uh, not this isn't Martin. I'm sorry. I, Mars. He's is just one of the later. targets. Whatever. Another Lord. Um, <laughs> and I'm a dozen over there. You know, ever he, since they stopped killing people on horseback, it's become way too easy <laughs> to just be a Lord in England. I mean, you should probably have to kill a, a dozen. A, a, I mean, a dozen other people from horseback before you get the title. I would hope so, yeah, but. Well. Not, not the case. And obviously, he uh, also forgot his uh, stop, drop, and roll classes because he goes up quick. Yeah. Goes up real quick. Yeah. And uh, Cecil's uh, looking on pretty pretty intensely. And as far as he X-Files intros really go, concerned. <laughs> as far as X-Files <laughs> intros go, um, okay. Like, I'm interested. Sure. Cool. Opening credits, Mulder and Scully leaving a court. Bad aliens pressing charges joke. It's it's a great it's a bad joke, but it's one of their earlier like this is a good meta joke. It works. Like, for we've them. yeah we've made this joke on the show about how they never have to like <laughs> go to court and prosecute cases and take statements and shit. That's right. And yeah, all right. Now I know some people like this. This was now if this was Chris Carter trying to be funny and cute, I thought this makes me hate Phoebe beyond. I mean what kind of weirdo high school psycho girl gives you what like what the fuck breaks into your car what a weirdo records a tape that makes you feel that your life is in danger and then and then coyly pops the door open aren't we looking rather ghostly <laughs> yes <laughs> and dude how do you not recognize her voice if you're Mulder you've been Dude. Like, this girl's, like, deep in his psyche, and you don't recognize the voice? Come on. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Ten to one, can't dance to it. Great line. And yep. then it sounds like a Mission Impossible tape gone wrong. It did. It, it, it's. I was like, is this Carter <laughs> making an MI5 joke? Yeah. I want to see John Voight on the plane. <laughs> uh, yeah. The intro here, man. She Oof. comes on real strong. Real strong. To Mulder, but also to the audience, right? Like, there is yes. not a lot of. not a lot of depth there's not a lot of anything to this character do you i mean what do you think i mean this is the the you don't just plant a kiss on somebody's lips now culturally you you sometimes do that there's my one half of my family is wicked like that because they have like a bunch of portuguese in them and there's like like if you don't turn you're getting kissed on the on the face (laughs) you get kissed on this fucking cheek right yeah. So like, but this now, you know what none of my, do you know what none of my aunts have ever done to me? Leaned in, kissed me on the lips, and then slowly pulled back and looked in my eyes while doing so. Well, sure, but it's not exactly a familial interaction they're having here. <laughs> but boy. <laughs> but boy. Whew. Coming in real hot there, like red hot, red coat hot. So interesting note from uh, BP nine thousand, and um, heard it elsewhere as well. That this might have been another uh, um, post on the Facebook page, but Chris Carter had intended Phoebe Green. There's a few things in this episode that he intended to be recurring. Yeah, her, and one of them primarily was her. Um, and <laughs> the reaction was so negative to her that it just was like, nope. But come on, dude. What were you thinking? What are you getting fucking love writing notes from George Lucas? Yeah. Like you're 12 episodes in, you want to complicate the Mulder and Scully dynamic with a recurring old flame? That that sucks. <laughs> nah. And and there it's an interesting premise, dude, like on paper because I love how long it takes Mulder and Scully to become romantically intertwined. Indeed. I am I am, I think, in the minority of, like, X-Files diehards. Like, I fucking love the show. One of my favorite shows of all time. Um, If not, I don't know. Could be my number one favorite. Mm -hmm. It's up there for sure. But I was never really, uh, wouldn't consider myself a shipper. I mean, I wasn't upset when Scalder and Molly uh, consummated their relationship or when we see them uh, more intertwined in some of the later stuff. But I really enjoy their dynamic outside of that. That there is. There is, I, I like it when it's, you know, sure, maybe there's something there, but it's more of just this, this chemistry, this connection that they have, and it's not just about them, like, the fucking romance stuff. Honestly, I, I could leave it. I really could. Yeah. I, and, but it is interesting that- the playful banter is what, right. and, and there is, there is just that dynamic of, the, of, of biology here that you don't want to totally suppress, but you also don't want it to become the forefront of what makes these two characters interesting because the second you do that, it permeates everything. Yeah, and then it just becomes like, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to be a thing. Right. Um, But it is interesting to like, it's an interesting concept to take these characters that are are growing closer, um, these partners, and that no romantic engagement, but 
you know, they, they've been through some shit already together, some pretty intense experiences, and there's a developing bond there. And to throw a card like this into the mix, it's just that the character is so fucking outrageous and over the top and like teenager manipulative, like weird fucking it's, head you, games. Do you know what it is? It's just terribly written. It's yeah. written by, yeah. God, I do not want to sound like this person, but I'm about to. Oh, boy. By kind of just a dumb dude. Oh, here we go. That's it, right? <laughs> yeah. He just, like, you nailed Scully. And, uh, and maybe that was the extent of, of what you could pull off with something super interesting that you could do long term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's certainly better, um, better ones to come. Not yeah. lasting, maybe. Well, there's a couple of ones we can talk about later, but um, is it possible yeah, this is the a, actress? The actress. It's tough to say, man. Tough to say. Hard to work with what you're given there, but right. um. Anyway, yeah, they. It's over the top. I fucking love when you know the Holy the shit. belated force intro by Mulder and how Scully just goes like, "Hello." Julian Anderson's excellent in this episode she's really good really really good especially how she handles Phoebe let me tell you something about this episode and and this probably would be better served as a final thought but eh fuck it I feel like with with this move with this so we got this and then Beyond the Sea which is a Scully episode so this is a Mulder episode they want to leave Scully at home and the next one is a Scully episode and she's just better in both (laughs) <laughs> like and I like Duchovny like I I I think he's great I in fact I would argue that probably in depth of performance you'll get more out of Hank Moody than you will out of out of Fox Mulder probably because yeah, well, the actor's more matured too over time and but, because he's <laughs> Hank Moody might as well be his fucking he might as well be him. who he is right <laughs> yeah right now, that's not to say he's bad. We love David Duchovny over here at the X-Files podcast and, of course, Fox Mulder. But it's just, and, and because he is a dry sort of guy, he just doesn't have the same dynamic appeal that Scully does, or should I say Gillian Anderson. Um, because I, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, look, at they're kind of giving them both their own episode here. Like, this is a for him this is one for her and then he has ones like paper hearts right yeah he he, i mean much better i I think part of it it, yeah i think you're right man to put part of it on the company i don't think he does great with with uh what he's given here which is like the um kind of he has to play up insecurities romantically and the fear of fire thing is also really weird and out of out of completely out of left field, totally out of left never, field. Never, never fucking referenced again. Nope. That's the, um, that is a problem. He, can I say this though about the fire? I like that it actually defeated him first. Yeah. So that yeah, was cool. I, but yes, yeah. you're you're right. The placement of it is, you know, it's like I go into the bathroom and there's a beautiful pick your painter, and I'm like, but it's in the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it works, <laughs> but why is it here? So I get that. <clears throat> Yeah, but anyway. so yeah, she has her little outrageous intro, and then they're quickly back in the office, and she actually lays out why she's there. Right? She talks about three ranking members of parliament, I believe. Yep, Arsonist. Windsor Castle set ablaze in ninety two. Yeah, the yep. use. Uh, no, uh, there, there's some weird shit going on here. Um, they can't. There's no uh, trace of accelerant. Um, 
no uh, initiation, I guess, whatever you call it. Um, yeah, no, no evidence, essentially. No, n- last one died in the front yard. Um, yep. Sends love letters to the victim's wives. Narrowly escaped a fire in his garage. That's, that's Marsden, who's going to be in Cape Cod soon. That's part of this. And um, that's kind of it. Now, here's, you know what? Here's, a, here's kind of a miss, I think. I wanted to see what one of those love letters said. Right. Oh. You think with it, gathering evidence, that would yeah. almost help us learn a profile about the man. Yeah. It would have been kind of cool, like some fucked up weirdo, like Zodiac shit. Kind of would have been neat. I feel like it was, yeah. feel like it was, if, if I, you know, when, you know, when you watch somebody eat a, eat a chicken wing and like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not starving, but. A lot of meat left on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It would have been cool. It's a, uh, you know what it is, Dean? Mm. It's a three-pipe problem. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> this is another, like, uh, this is, from again, what I was hearing and reading. Um, part of this whole thing that, Chris Card envisioned as being recurring is not just Phoebe Green, but Scotland Yard and this Sherlock Holmes kind of playful thing being tied in. And obviously it never went anywhere. Um, but my favorite part is when Mulder is kind of like semi embarrassing, embarrassed, like saying, uh, uh, it's a private joke. And she's like, how private yes. <laughs> the, way, the way she, she delivers snaps it, it out because she's not, it's not straight jealousy. It's it's annoyance with this bitch. It's annoyance, and but it's also she is like a little bit intrigued by or entertained by this side of Mulder and like sure, like okay, what's this all about? And like I'm gonna I'm gonna push his buttons a little bit. I think that's it's what not, it was. I it, she she does it so good that you know if if she came off as like this weird catty like territorial like it would mm, suck balls it's just not who she is would be so dumb and it's not that at all she's just kind of like she sees how outrageous phoebe is and and, and she's not gonna straight say that to Mulder, no but she's not gonna hide it either she sees how outrageous she is and it entertains her to think that Mulder would have seen anything in her so she's going to have some fun how private? <laughs> well, Mulder is unfolding like a flower, isn't he? Well, he certainly is. <laughs> Peeling back those onion layers. But don't worry, because he's going to get his arson guy on it. And boy, is he a guy that Can I want to we... talk about right oh, now. My... Dude. Okay. Oh, my boy. Now, um, Agent Beatty. Beatty, I got that. Yep. So, I mean. How hard is his member engorged when he's seventh looking grade. at these <laughs> This is how hard his member is engorged. How full it's engorged and how hard and how painful it is. A little painful. <laughs> it's seventh grade, okay? And you're wearing this sort of pair of pants. And they're kind of loose because it's sometime in the 90s, depending on how old you are, or late 80s. And... <laughs> You've kind of moved in a way to where there's your member in question in seventh grade has brushed across your thigh in a way that's just right. <laughs> and that's kind of where we're at here. Seven, Let me stop you right there. Yep. I'm going to tuck it in the waistband. 
Yeah, that's the move, especially if you get called on. Especially when the, you're like, oh my God, class ends in five minutes. What am I going to do? Reminds me of- uh, Carry one my, of my book f- bag in front of my crotch. That's what I'm going to do. One, one of my favorite um, band names I ever heard a friend bring up yes, uh, was inspired by an event, just like what we're talking about, band was uh, Sweatpants Boner. Yep, it's a good yeah. band name. Really good. That's how hard. Now, is it love at first sight between these two? Uh, dude, you know what's weird is like, now that I'm thinking about it, there's so much like odd, like misplacing sexuality in this episode. Right. Maybe it's like maybe Carter is an arsonist with with <laughs> odd sexual inadequacies. The whole fire thing is that, and obviously Cecil is is as rapey as they get. There's a lot yeah. of weird, and this guy, this guy is straight up ready to rub his nipples looking at this projector screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fourteen or fifteen hundred degrees. <laughs> Look at the oh, salmon colored flame. Hand me that clothespin. <laughs> <laughs> he is an odd, odd bird, yep. Agent Beatty. I, uh, I'm not sure about him. No, I, I mean I don't know if it's Phoebe that sets him off or I, or he would him and burnt- Phoebe. He sh- they should have just banged. He could. He, here's what happens. He's plowing her. Okay. As the room goes up in flames, still has his lab coat on. Right? Firestarter yeah. oh, yeah. plays over the whole scene. Just the lab coat. Just the lab coat's on. He's plowing her. That's copyright infringement. But the play starts to go up in flames. And he's just, yeah. And they both die in flames. I, I could see that happening in this weird demon poetry, did he say? Was that his words? <sighs> I think so. What are you, man? A cryptozoologist? <laughs> Who says like, demon uh, poetry? Fire. <laughs> fire has a certain demon poetry. But yeah. A certain uh, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> I don't know, man. But it uh, it follows physics also. <clears throat> right. Let me, let me just tuck this into my waistband. Excuse me. Let's get to Windy Cape Cod. And get away yes. from this man. Who, yeah, who, we, he doesn't tell us much here, except that... The accelerant thing, right? Yeah. Something about accelerant, you need something. There's been cases, maybe jet fuel, blah, blah, blah. It could be so hot, it splits water. Yeah. The oxygen is a fuel. Yes. So, um, also, haven't mentioned Phoebe's outfits. Boy. She looks like a um, slightly sexier version of Margaret Thatcher in, like, 1986. I like where you're going with it. Yeah, it's outrageous. The 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 fucking when she's not, I mean, not the black dress so much, but everything right. else that she wears. It is an odd choice. It is ninety three, but still. That's is that England ninety three or London ninety three? Who fucking knows those people? It's a weird one. If she was a guy, yeah. I would assume that she left her beret at home and is on the way to the art gallery. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all I can say. Cape Cod Bowie nice, would look better. David Bowie look better. So Cape Cod. So do you know about Argo Tipoline? Who's that? That's the um that's the can he's painting with. Oh. That's the brand of paint? Or oh. Oh, do they show that? Do you see that? It's that a, is super brief. It's not wow. a real compound. That's my favorite part. It's total Good bullshit. Catch. Yeah, Argo Argo. Tipoline is is what the paint can says. 
they because they do a close shot on it for a very it's a very brief before they cut to to like before they cut to kind of following up his painting arm and um it, if you look closely at the label i pause it it says rocket propulsion yeah now, you, you see it closer later in the episode i just never even realized that you saw it here so a couple things it's a paint can that says Argo Tipoline on it. Rocket fuel. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> they, they don't manufacture rocket fuel in paint cans. Now, I could see if you put it in and mixed it with some latex paint. That was just one of those, like, I'm going to lead the audience a little here. He's painting. He's mixed. I guess what we're supposed to believe is he's mixing paint with rocket fuel so that the house is essentially ready to go up in flames if a match hits a wall. Yeah, and it's early to bring it up, but I do like that that... You know, the obviously he has a supernatural power sure. about igniting things. But it is kind of cool that he doesn't, like, the way the fire goes crazy is obviously way unrealistic. But there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he can't just make things burn at 1,500 degrees. Right. But he can set them ablaze. He can so set them ablaze. That was actually kind of a cool part of it, that he, he had to do something practical um, to kind of enhance his... Uh, his Fiestata abilities. I like your style. And I do want to say this, because we're clearly, we're, you know, we're putting this episode through the ringer a bit. I do like the idea of a pyrotechnic, a pyrokinetic, I guess you could say. That is a terrifying prospect. Like the Stephen King fire starter story, right? Yeah. The idea yeah. of, of just creating combustion and controlling the way fire moves Holy shit, man. That's a, that's a wicked awesome power. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Yeah. And that man, cool that's shit. tough to deal with because everything, everything gives to the flame. And that's some, uh, I mean, we talk about Mulder's fear, but like fire, that's some reptile brain shit, mm-hmm. right? For it sure. is our, our greatest tool, but also one of our, you know, greatest fears going back to sure ancient times or whatever. Dude, we meet Bob the caretaker, though. <clears throat> we do. Good old Bob and the uh, um, the Marsden family shows so, up. Tell, I'll tell you right now, uh, little kids in matching um, fucking suit jackets. You're they're they're also done. done done. I'm done with you. Can I say something? Sure, Miss Marsden. Smoke show. Yes, much better looking than what's her name. What is this dumb dumb thinking? And also, what was that about? Oh, so weird. That was just a... Kind of ham-fisted in to make yeah. us not like her, I guess. Yeah, Mrs. Marsden is a smoke show. However, I don't know if you know this, Dean. Um, have you heard of foot binding, the old Chinese practice? I have. Well, do you know that the British actually practiced something? They had their own little cultural thing. Um, much like foot binding was supposed to make uh, upper class, like Chinese women, more attractive with upper class British women, what they would do is surgically implant um, tea bags into their nasal cavities, <laughs> which would both imbue them constantly with a little bit of black tea in their bloodstream, but also would make their their voice constantly nasally pinched. It and is, is a voice. Man, does she smoke 100 in, cigarettes a day? Incredibly attractive to the aristocratic class. Man. A real, real turn on. Yeah. Not so much. But, but um, uh, yeah, the Marsden family moves in. Bob says hello to the lovely Ms. Marsden. He's so polite. Mr. Marsden thinks he's a rather nice fellow. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, met that bald. He's an American man, not afraid to get his hands dirty. I like, uh, I like dear, that. Uh, dear, don't you think that picture just looks strikingly like you? <laughs> yes, it's not weird. It makes no sense whatsoever to the plot. That's no, <laughs> and yet we, we, we come back to it just multiple times. Yes, it reminds me of something you'd see in a Dracula film. <laughs> like, is that is that me in a past life? Was I the Count's lover? No, we're just going to put it in here. Yeah. And speaking of things that we just put in here is, uh, I guess it's just so it matches the profile, right? We, we Our next look at Cecil, we'll just call him that because it is kind of his real yeah, name. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm into it. Is uh, he's just, you know... Pee Wee Herman it through the window at mm-hmm. um, at Mrs. Marsden. You think he's banging off? I, I, why wouldn't you be? If you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, creep on somebody through a window, I mean, creep, creep away. Yeah. But you know, he, you can uh, tell these people never painted a day in their lives because <laughs> he's wearing this like nice kind of flannel buttoned up all the way, and they really think that that dumb apron he's wearing or those overalls is going to protect him from paint splatters yeah okay anyway. yeah if you ever see a real painter they look like they just were like on the losing end of a 20 to 1 paintball game <laughs> <laughs> but it's like anyway so yes he's like staring at her creepily and that's going to tie back to the profile but another big problem with this episode is what the fuck are his motivations Okay, so, so it's it's a sexual thing. He's attracted to these women he can't have. Why are they all aristocratic? Why are they all British lords? That's the only attractive women you can find that you can't attain. You follow them all the way to fucking America. But it's not a political thing because you're not really Irish because that was only in the first scene. There's no, there's no real motivation that works for good old Mr. Lively. Correct. That's one of the main issues with him, the character is that they do have an awesome profile on them. But when you start to think, why follow them all the way across? That's why it would have been nice to get some insight into one of these letters that maybe he, that maybe there was something there that could reveal his motivation for following them. That's a good point, yeah. But, yeah, but, then, it, but, then, it like, but then it's like you blow the whole plot open with that, because, right? Yeah, and then we'll... Um... <sighs> I don't know. Uh, let me let me see if I can say it real quick here. Um, something, uh, a comment in the chat. I don't want to uh, go too much into it, but said, uh, all right, Danny Faust, real quick. This episode spends way too much time with a perpetrator. More mystery would be better. Mm-hmm. Scully does all the work while Mulder can't get past himself. But that that right there, you do, like, there is no mystery. There like, is no mystery. Because we know the he's f- the bad guy immediately. The whole fucking time. And the only mystery is that the characters don't know and I think the the bone that they're supposed to throw that's supposed to be the more interesting thing is this dynamic between Mulder and Phoebe and then Scully looking on. But like we just said, it's not really that interesting. The only interesting thing is how Scully handles it. Yes. So You know, there's a good episode in here. I just, you'd really have to rework the script, I think. Easy for me to say. Big Billy yeah. script writer. But, <laughs> but there, so uh, to, to, to agree with... Danny, on the one hand, I say I like the idea that maybe we get less information on him and it is more of a mystery. However, if you do want to entice us a little bit, you could have us getting his POV and feeling like him and then maybe not relying on the mystery but relying on other ways to build and release tension. 
Like the, the moments where they show close-ups of Miss Marsden's body and him and him just lustfully looking after her, that's a tension builder. He's like, fuck, man, what's gonna happen yeah. here? Like that's I close. like stuff like that to to build the tension and to make us feel very creeped out by what he is visualizing. So if that's the case and you're gonna and we already know and we're watching them try to figure it out, then then it's almost like they said, we're gonna give you the fire starter, we're gonna rely on this young actor to make that work. We're going to have Scully on the sidelines, but actually solving the whole fucking thing. And in, in the meat of the episode is going to be, at least the emotional meat of the episode, is going to be Mulder shit with this woman. And I just don't know if that was the right approach, right? I think you could have readjusted those quantitatively and, and made it a little more interesting. So yeah. I, you know what I mean? It's easy yeah. to say in hindsight, of course, but... And this whole next sequence is also... It just... Like, his approach is odd, like... It's almost like he has to have this long play to get the driver slash bodyguard out of the picture. Mm-hmm. And he's like really cautious about it. And so he, you know, interacts with him. He's getting sick. Okay, I'm going to get him some cough syrup. That's like his fucking way to eventually get him out of the picture. Then he goes to a bar. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And just burns the mother down. Doesn't that feel like, like a fox thing to you? Fox sauce? It does. Ooh, I don't want to just. Very, right. I don't want to just let Carter off the hook here, but I feel like that was a, let's make, something big needs to happen. Like we're 20 minutes in, not really, we're 15, 18 minutes in, we got to make something big happen. And, and, and you're right, it does, you can't, you can't start a conflagration in a bar and then not have this come back on you. Because one of the things Scully says about, uh, what the hell's his name again? Cecil. One of the yeah. things she says about him is that the crimes are clever and sometimes elaborate and in offing the driver to become the driver is kind of cool. I think they could have done that better. This is kind of a weird plot. You're, you're really risking. They're not going to see this guy. Like he's waltzing around the property. Who are you, sir? I'm the driver. Oh, and then the other driver shows up and you're like, who are you? I'm the driver. Oh, (laughs) like, I think, I think it could have worked. I think they could have made it. They, they could have done that yeah. and made him clever. And the idea of, because, holy shit, he's the driver. Holy shit, the sketch is the wrong guy. This is the right guy. That but, part is fucking awesome. That's sick. So there. But, uh, yeah, and becoming the caretaker, like, taking on, like, that all shows this really cold, calculated, you know, very, like, classic psychopath. For sure. Like, analytical behavior. But then to just light himself ablaze in a bar just for fuck's sake basically mm-hmm. uh side note the, this this other hungry little sparrow here this, this girl her, at the bar i call her betty the bicycle <laughs> yes. you know why yeah i know why uh dude i i wish i could maybe i'll go back tomorrow and post a, a couple screenshots but she reminds me so much of the first girl that uh slater talks to in true romance oh at the bar. my god Dude, it is striking. That is not insane. Just her looks, but her whole mannerism and approach is, is, dude, it's crazy. Like, watch that scene and then go watch the first two minutes of True Romance and you're like, holy fuck. You're right. I almost thought it was the same girl. Damn. Yeah. What does she um, say? She says the following. <laughs> She's like, I just love your accents. And apparently, I love your dental plan over in Britain, too. <laughs> that 93 dental plan. Yeah, they don't let you bring your own, you know. <laughs> Bums of smoke. 
Yeah. Cool, cool bar trick. And then yeah, my uh, hands on said, fire. And then everything's on fire. Yeah. Fire gets so out he, of hand pretty quick. Yeah, here we go. Like right off to like that's their that's their hook to like, okay, we really need to get get up to Cape Cod because Phoebe and Mulder get this report on the wire and it is enough to cue them into investigating further. So so much for this clever fucking arsonist. Right. Exactly. So they go to the goddamn hospital, as you imagine would happen. They yep. have a witness. Weird peculiarities of the fire, right? Like it actually burned the concrete. That's serious heat. Yeah. That doesn't happen it, in a regular fire, right? No, no, I'd imagine not. It burnt to the ground before the uh, fire department responded and the station was across the street. So, mm. yeah. Um, and yet there was no body recovered. The one person that they thought might have been fatality that wasn't found was the one who she believed started the fire. Sure. But she is nervous to reveal more information because of her... Indiscretions? Indiscretions. Hmm. Quite clever of you, Fox, to um, overlook her indiscretions such. (laughs) So, her indiscretions, kind of irrelevant. Um, Like the actual... In the the story, right? Yeah, I think the only reason is to cue the dialogue. Right. That that follows here when Mulder kind of flips it around on her, mm-hmm. uh, on Phoebe. I'm sorry right, to say right. her. Um, I guess that's the only reason. Right. And uh, she gets all butthurt about it, right? And uh, then they end up talking more, right? And it's uh, we, we get a little but bit now, more. But, but isn't that where you go? Ah. <laughs> ah, you put the cheating fucking broad in at the bar just so you can trigger that. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You like this? Um, it's it's not as bad exposition as like no. when the dog fu- found the the caretaker's body. He boots he that said, little dog. Oh, I'm the fucking caretaker now. Take that, take that, you little fuck. Yeah, wow. cheap shot. Yeah, it's, it's cheap shot. Solely, yeah. No, it it is a shitty little dog. I don't like those dogs. Oh no, he cheap shots her. <laughs> oh yeah, he cheap shot her. Um, you know, but he she says this not. Oh no, he says it. I'm sorry. He, he says it was a cheap shot, but it's obviously, man. He's he is not remotely over this. This is these. This is still an open wound, in at least we're led to believe. And uh, we get a little bit more intro. She talks about well, you know, youthful indiscretions. Ten years and, ago, uh, yeah, when we drank that bottle of Pims and had sex in the Shire and or whatever. Mm-hmm. The Hobbit hole. And mm, yes, mm, you found my Hobbit hole. Couldn't have been more British our sex. Yeah. <laughs> Like that whole line on a misty and windlesham brum, whatever the fuck she says. Could it be more British, this fucking romance tale? Remember when we banged and saw Arthur Conan Doyle's home and there's a painting of Watson in the distance and Irish wolfhounds and baying dogs and like... It was British as shit. I zoned out for a second, but I think they fucked in a... I think they fucked in a cemetery. I think so. I think if you if you... Well, if I you need, cut you, you and need paste what she said, right? Yeah, if you put it into Google, like um, English to American, I think it says, "Do you remember when you fucked me in the cemetery?" Yeah, and you know what? I can't let this. I cannot. The the dude does not abide. <laughs> Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's tombstone, really? Two investigators. Yeah, <laughs> dude, this is a couple of he thrusted deep into her lines from being total. X-Files erotica shit. 
Yeah, <laughs> borderline I mean, fanfic. It is really. Oh, I, I couldn't find it. I, I, I was, can you not find it? Yeah, I don't know. I'm Sherlock Holmes. Of course I'll find your G-spot. I'm yes, the world's it's... best investigator. <laughs> it's so stupid. Windlesham. Whatever it is. Windlesham, Hampshire. Yes. <laughs> Boddington Codge. Something O-N. Lexington. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it's whatever. It's whatever that we've already, I guess, we've established this isn't really working, the whole Phoebe Mulder thing. Mm. But uh, we get to the one person doing any God, decent. God, thank God. Once again, Scully does fucking detective work. What is she doing? She's working. Mm-hmm. Hey, real quick. I don't know if we brought this up in the show before. Does she have an office? No, she just uses Mulders. She doesn't yet even have a desk in his office. <laughs> nor her own office. He's the FBI's most unwanted. Why can't she have a fucking... Her office is that little, like, uh, Macintosh. I don't think it's a Macintosh. Like, the one she always uses in her house. Oh, whatever it is. That's the one she's always fucking thumping away on. But she says some things here in a voiceover, and I wrote it down, Josh. Do you want to hear it? Please, fire it up. She says, an untraceable accelerant. The victims all burned in the presence of family members in safe surroundings. This means intimate access. Likely a male. He will act impulsively, satisfying sexual urges and insecurities with destructive behavior, which compensates for his social inadequacies and maladjustment. I like it. <laughs> I like your style, Skulls. Right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm I mean, interested now. Yep. And and the voiceover is cut between her actually like working their typing and us sure. and Bob. Doing cigarettes with the kiddos. <laughs> like a <laughs> good <so> uncle. <laughs> like a good uncle. <laughs> oh, Uncle Bob taught me how to smoke. I'm not allowed to smoke, we won't say. But I got his crooked fucking head from all the inbreeding. <laughs> I don't know. Smoking's dangerous, but apparently you can fuck your cousin <laughs> and shit me out. Something like that. Gotta keep it in the bloodline. Right. Oh. Well, Bob the Caretaker, showing magic tricks. Cecil, sorry. Um, do it again. Again. I again. wrote A-gain. I, I, I wrote it differently. Do it to gain. I wrote to gain. Do it. T apostrophe A-G-E-N. Do it to gain. Oh, man. Scalder goes to see Beatty. Is that his name? Like Warren um, Beatty? Yeah. You said Scalder. Did I? Drink. Oof. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> Scully goes to see Agent Beatty, who is um, I, jerking I, I, off. And you know what? A, I wrote Scolder. Double drink. <laughs> nice. <Holy> double drink. <laughs> Who's uh, jerking off into a bed of hot coals. He is. Yeah. With, just as he is prone to do. With his feet in the fireplace, apparently. <laughs> oh, Agent uh, Scully, let me just... Uh, Hang on, I'm about to rifle one into this barbecue. Hang on. Ah, you don't mind okay. if I fire ropey trails into the fucking inf- <laughs> in, uh, incinerator, do you? <laughs> anyway, ah, what can I help you with? Sir, your feet are on fire. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Shit on. That's crazy. Well, rocket fuel accelerator talk. Yeah, and she she has a pretty interesting idea here about... Um, what if, what if it was mixed in with something? They talk about hand cream. Sure. Um, and he, 
basically says like that is a very plausible idea. He says it in a much creepier, weird mm-hmm. way. Yeah, but yes, sure. it's a very plausible idea. Um, we don't mention paint yet or anything like that, but you could also equate it right to that. However, you still need the ignition. Yep. Um, I and that. Please no. Go ahead. Uh, this is irrelevant, but not really. Beatty does not need to start thinking about rocket fuel hand cream for the love of his own safety. Okay. Mulder, I think this is a moment where Scully needs to really check herself. Know your audience, Scully. His eyes just glaze over. Can you see him make a note in a notepad? <laughs> mm, yes, this is a great idea. Yes. <laughs> Yikes. Stops responding. Scully backs out, literally backs out of the room and closes the door, never losing eye contact. <laughs> so anyway, old, old Cecil's smoking up a chimney with Jimmy uh, yeah. and Michael. Yeah, fucking Cecil, Cecil Camel over here. This is, this is like aberrant behavior too. Like yeah, just, and wanting also- to, just wanting to manipulate them to do something bad. You know what this isn't? This isn't super, super smart, sly, I want to not be detected criminal behavior. Right. You know, smoking with the kids out in the backyard, not the best way to remain incognito. It is crazy. Right. So. It is crazy move. And then old Ms. Marsden strolls across the field. I can't be bad news. I'll drive a tyke in here. Right. Sorry, guys. I don't know your accents. Uh, found quite ill, and um, <laughs> I, I hate to impose on you. Oh, Do you think? God. But perhaps you could no drive us. This is this is wicked British shit. Can you drive us into town? By which she means Boston, which is from depending where they are on the Cape, seventy to hundred miles away. It's a lot of hours through traffic. Okay, first you're gonna go over the Bourne Bridge for four hundred years. That's what a that's what the aristocracy says to a commoner. That's right. Take us into town. Right. Could you draw us into town? Yeah. He he would be delighted to. He would love to. Nothing would make him happy. Um. Very very briefly, talk to me about. Mulder and Phoebe making plans to go to Boston. Because it <sighs> Do I sucks. have to? Nope. Well, I will. <laughs> okay. So Mulder and Phoebe talk pyrokinetics at first. They start talking about the driver and how he's a capable bodyguard. We oh, look. wait, hang on. I have to highlight one. The fucking line about... Oh, Jesus. I'm just not used to having somebody who uh, uh, agrees with me so readily. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> So what every man wants is a woman that just just says yes and agrees. Dude. You know, you know us here at the X-Files podcast as clear misogynist pigs. <laughs> that is that is in our wheelhouse. That's what we're looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah, nothing's more exciting than that. Yep. Oh god, I That's hate- fun for like a Ugh. weekend if you want to do like a little Japanese role play. <laughs> a little schoolgirl kind of thing, or, or no, just like a gay show. Yes, <laughs> I nothing will get turns your me off for you. more than a woman that thinks for herself. I gross. hate it. Yeah, it's gross. Ugh. Ugh. Yuck. Next, next thing you know, you want a job. You want to leave the house. You want you want to be able to drive your own car. Mm-hmm. You get big ideas. S- slippery slope. Big ideas. I can't deal with that. It's much too threatening to my simple chimpanzee brain. Can't deal with it. But how many rooms has Phoebe booked? 
just the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, she... It, okay. Flip the rolls a little. Mulder's going to jail. Hundred <laughs> percent. What? Flip the flip the fucking script. Flip the and script, and this is not this is not this is, fun banter hot pursuit. It's like oh, I've only you walk into the room and like he's just laying there in his boxers. <laughs> flip the Fuck. script, and and you're getting apart from Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> The door not locks be, from the inside. Uh, not to be so topical. Did, whatever. I did it and did the thing. Yeah, it's a fucking Weinstein and Bib Fortuna and Salacious Crumb all in the room. But, yeah. Okay. But I mean, if if you're dealing with a woman that, I mean, again, we have to we have to try. I have to because I'm a, a lover and defender of the show. To kind of think of like what is the the show writer's intent is okay we're dealing with a woman that still has has this weird thing the spell over Mulder and you know she can drop a line like that and it probably fucking shakes him to the core like he knows this is a terrible idea but fuck he wants it so bad you know he's not over her like okay I, I, I see like Duchovny in his head trying to work out how to how to play it this is every guy on the planet has done this before, which is if you've ever been on the receiving end of the breakup or, or it didn't work out and you know you have that one opportunity with this person and you're like, we're going to fuck so good to make up for that last one that wasn't that good that she's of course going to want me back in her life. <laughs> like, this is the eyed space Mulder's operating from right now. <laughs> Yeah, and it's been uh, we've the show has established oh, it's probably shit, been a, a relatively lonely decade. Yeah, since. yeah. Well, can can we listen to some dialogue? Because I found the Please. I found it. We'd have to be careful and discreet. The way she says this is painful. Let's have a listen to it. Let's let's hope this plays. We're going to start there. Just listen, listen to Phoebe for just a minute. X Files fans. Nope. Yeah, you can't hear it, but they can. I'll I'll, I'll start oh. it over. It's because I muted it. I didn't want anything to come through while you were listening. So let me unmute you so you can hear it too. Remember those reports I told you about, about people could control and conduct fire, pyrokinetics? I think this guy just sent us a message that he's far more exotic. I should say so. I mean, if he can set himself a fire. <laughs> what? I'm just not used to someone so quick to agree with me. Oh. What kind of protection does the family have? The driver's a very capable bodyguard. Well, he should look into getting a few additional men and limit public exposure. Oh, they've got a party being held in their honor tonight in Boston. They're going to have to cancel. Unless you wanted to set a trap. I had thought of that, but we must be careful and discreet. Ugh. The party's at 8 o'clock at the Venable Plaza. I'll be traveling with the family, so why don't you go on ahead and have a look around? Oh, and I've taken a room at the hotel for the night. Okay. Here's, here, it's occurring to me as I watch this scene again and we listen to it together. I feel like she got punched in the mouth and has like a fat lip and she's talking around it. She yeah, it's something. It's weird. Uh, it's it's in the weird. Mouth. Yeah, right. She's she's got a couple of those cotton packing things from the dentist that are still up in there. It's a weird patois. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you have it. 
yeah, both the uh, the voice and the dialogue is pretty painful. It is very painful there. Yep. Um, and uh, as is Mulder's behavior at this entire fucking event, right? We see him there. He's in the tux. It, it might as well go into like a fucking slow-mo, like the sound drops out and the fucking Dreamweaver music comes in <laughs> as she walks up the stairs. <laughs> Because it's so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Dreamweaver. Yeah. yeah. She's in her little black dress. She coyly looks at him. And then, uh, man, they just, they put the capital V in vigilance because nobody gets set on fire in 15 minutes and they decide to start making out and dancing because that arsonist is not showing up. Nope. The only person that is showing up and doing her job. <sighs> Is sculling. Don't you want to burn this part of the episode to the ground? (laughs) Like the 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 you know puffing his cheeks up, and then the dancing, and then Scully seeing it and being overwhelmed, and then I actually have to say I don't think she is. I like her response. It's more eye rolly than like so is. She's not like burning jealousy. She's just like, oh, dude, come on. Like, are you working? You can hear her say, like, dude, you were fucking better than this. Not better than her, but, like, just better than getting roped into this whole like, stupid situation. Yeah. I fucking flew up here. You were worried about having your hands full. I I gave you the benefit of the doubt that you meant professionally. Ugh. It's like she's fucking disappointed in him, you know? Right, like, right. Not, Absolutely. That's, it's that's not the like whole a episode. Real, yeah. And I like she does that so well, and it's so cool that the character like that's the response and not oh dude if they if they played it as like a like a catty jealousy Brutal. man this episode would be <laughs> in the in the tanks it's it, it would be like the director let's just pretend for just a minute Larry Shaw says Jillian here's what I want you to do pretend Mulder is your brother that you care for deeply and he is entering into a destructive line with some woman that is nothing but bad for him yeah yeah right yep that's that's how you feel not like i want to fuck my brother but dude what are you doing yeah you nitwit and like we got fucking work to do you know yeah like there is actual work to do and uh to cue that off the fucking fire alarm goes off on the 14th floor yep and apparently the fire alarm is only the 14th floor somebody visually monitoring that that fireboard because the alarm doesn't actually go off. It Scully has to like run around like Chicken Little, telling everybody. Yeah, the, these are these are some of the unforgivable silliness things in this. Like logistically, this doesn't make sense. No, there's a fire. The it, whole fucking place goes on. Right, the whole place is evacuated. Mulder runs up thirteen flights of stairs. Yep. Um, and again, this could be cool. Mulder confronting his his fear and. Failing. Yep, I like that. I like the failing part for sure. I like it. It's just, I don't know if it's because going back and watching this after seeing, you know, again, fucking 200 and whatever episodes of X-Files and this never being a thing. Right. Just feels so silly. Correct. You know? Correct. Yeah, if you can, if you can isolate the moment in time and space, if I were to say yeah. to you, this man is walking towards his fire, he has, uh, he's, he's got a phobia of fire. Beyond the normal fear, lizard fear. And I, better than even the scene is I like afterwards, like even after uh, he's getting brought down. This is, this is very, this is, this might be the best part of the episode. 
his like shame, his, his shame, his shame, and yeah. watching Scully care for him while Phoebe doesn't. Yeah, I think dude, that says nice. everything about this episode, and that's one of my favorite aspects of this. Yes, him getting his shame. Of course, I like that. That's that's something that I think most people would feel. But when we they do this kind of cool fade into they blur into her caring for him and you know handing him the water helping him out and what what does phoebe do when she comes in um just very kind of matter of fact talking about the case kind of like aloof and like distant like she's not ready to talk about anything personal that happened and the family's leaving i'm leaving in a few days i'll call you in DC. Right. Fucking walks right out. Walks right out. And and when they were bringing him out too. Like I understand yeah. like her mission is to protect them, but there no. No. Your instinct huh? if you care deeply for somebody is to go to that person and to ensure they're safe, especially if there's other emergency personnel already on the scene. You're going to seek Mulder's, out the person you care about. Mulder's dumbass who fucking wakes up you know, in bed and ask Scully first question. Uh, how's Phoebe? I want to punch. I kind of wanted to punch him a little. Then, oh, how are the kids? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your job. Yeah. I like yeah, the dynamics bad. here are great. I just, I like yeah, you, this. I like this part. That's a great spot, man. That's really, I didn't really like analyze it in that way. And you're, you're so fucking spot on with it. <clears> um, <throat> and yeah, the does do that. Well, like it's, you know, it's a little bit on the nose, but when he's like kind of tucking the bathrobe like tighter when she walks sure. in, it's that like it's that physical vulnerability of of just wanting to hide further. He's not literally worried about her seeing him with less clothes on. It's that he feels fucking weak and he's Correct. that hiding kind Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. And he didn't yeah. do it around Scully, did he? No, not at all. Yeah. Um and, and he was very forthcoming. And I like that she wasn't afraid to ask him like what happened up there you know she's not not accusatorily mm-hmm. but like let's talk about it right you need to talk she's, about she's it. giving him an in to express himself yeah not like you said it's not a judgmental thing it's not even a this is a this is like like debrief me it's a it's a well, are you cool man yeah, she doesn't need to know what happens, like, literally what are the facts sure. of the events. She already knows that. She knows more than he did because he's been fucking snoozing off while she got all the facts together. Yeah. She wants to know what happened with him. And does he, like, want to talk about it? Um, does Scotland Yard hire anybody? I, I thought it was supposed to have a reputation because Phoebe's a terrible investigator. Terrible. You vetted, you vetted Cecil, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Scully vetted her for four minutes. Well, no, she vetted Bob. 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 But but apparently vetting did not include looking at a picture. <laughs> <laughs> it was just uh what does this database say about the person? Yeah. And once uh in Scully again, she gets through the biz the personal stuff and she's like, All right, you wanna know why I'm here? And now she lays out the f- evidence from the detective work she actually did. Right. So the following happens. The fuels and accelerants profiles on, on, on the help. There's over 200 names, not a duplicate except one, Cecil. He worked for two of the victims. He is clean, but he was questioned by Scotland Yard. She dug deeper. A documented citizen of Great Britain, a model citizen, paid his taxes, etc., until he died in 1971. Then he came up again. Right? 
another yeah. death, satanic stuff, kind of irrelevant. And then, well, it, is it or like is it irrelevant or is that supposed to be, <clears throat> you know, like so the satanic Cecil, thing? You mean? Well, he, there's a Cecil Lively that died in 1971 in a tenement fire, mm-hmm. and there's a Cecil Lively with an apostrophe that died as a child in a satanic cult sacrifice in 1963. Mm-hmm. Is that like <clears throat> is one of those things supposed to be? our cue to, and, and you know what? Like, if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to answer it. I, I don't, that's not a critique of the episode. I'm just literally asking, like, do you think, is it insinuating that one of these events is, or both of them is what created the Cecil that we see with these weird fucking abilities and shenanigans? Yeah, I, evil, I, I think. Evil shenanigans. I think that's fair because you're throwing around satanic rituals. And fire death. Yeah. He appeared again, though. A visa issued by the British government. Passport stamped at the port of entry in Boston. Nice work, guys. Yep. And then Mulder snaps out of his funk. Right. Snaps out of his funk. But here's a question for you. Why are you snapping out of your funk now? All you know is that the suspect might be here in America. However, the children's hotel floor was just lit on fire you already thought the suspect was here. Right. Right? If you actually think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like, if you, if you take the fact that, like, he might be with them out of the picture. Maybe. You know what I think it might be, dude? I'm, I'm really going to give the episode a lot of credit here, so, so I apologize in advance for this. But let's just entertain me for a minute. What about this? What if Scully being there, sitting across from him, doing what she does, busting out the facts brings back that reflexive Mulder and Scully right. on the case thing. I like it. You like it? I like it. Boom. Snaps him out of his funk. He gets out of the Phoebe headspace for just a fucking second. Yep. I like a lot. So. I like a lot. Except, except then he, he I says, I, I have to catch up with Phoebe. Shh. Shh. <laughs> Fast forward. Fast forward. <laughs> um, but you, you touched on this before, and this is such a cool moment and reveal. Unfortunately, like... You have to think about it mm-hmm. and like say like, oh, this is a really cool reveal because you don't feel any of it. Sure, sure. <clears throat> because sure. for you, there's no unknowns here. What's cool is that they rush down there and they Scully gets the picture. She sees that it's the, the driver who she saw mm-hmm. that was identified as, oh, that's their driver. That's who was referred to as. And they're calling the family. They're saying to the family it's the driver they're shocked but he's not there he's disappeared um and then there's this confusion because what they're calling the driver to the family that's not what they're thinking of as the driver the driver is their old been on service for many years the guy we saw before that is the the caretaker like this is a very cool like mistaken identity but there's no dramatic reveal to it unless you analyze it because nothing is a reveal to you as the audience correct Right. Which was a very convoluted way of saying, cool, but didn't do anything. Cool, cool we knew. Cool story. Yeah. Right? <laughs> cool. We already knew. Cool. Right. Cool story. And, and, it, and it hasn't, I mean, when you're down to the last eight minutes of the episode and they're getting the reveal now, you almost can kind of instinctively feel it coming, too. You know, yeah. they're going to know yeah. soon, right? There's eight minutes left. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a little bit by the numbers, but yeah. <clears throat> um, y- you also touched on this before, as as when Mulder arrives on scene down the Cape here mm. and walks in on Mister Marsden and Phoebe 
a little bit too in intimate. In flagrante delicto. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I guess it, I think it kind of works. You know, it's just showing that she doesn't, I mean, it, it's just, it's not really necessary, but it's not that she really cares about Mulder. She just likes, she's just a fucking head case, I guess. She just likes the. Do you think that she likes the aristocracy more than Cecil hates it? Um, no, I just think she likes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Neither. Which that was not a real sense. question. I'm going to jump in on you. Not, not, I don't want you to. I was just fucking with you. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, um, neither makes sense yes that's fair yeah yeah it doesn't make sense but it's just showing that whatever I guess revealing more of her character um, that her her Mulder game is over and now she's on to a new game I guess mm-hmm. right yeah the um, new game is we don't really know how to evacuate from a structure fire <laughs> nor do we know how to deal <laughs> Like they stand watching those curtains. Mulder comes into a room and there are Ben Prue to say it. Let's talk about the five adults in the room on the fire standing around. Mulder comes into a room. There's already four people in that room looking at curtains that are on fire, telling him they just they just caught on fire. Man. They just Oh wait. Well, my favorite is watching Mulder try to put the fire out with a towel. I mean the walls <laughs> are on fire. This is when you evacuate. The structure fire. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard because, uh, I don't know, I guess like TV budget and, you know. It, Some of the fire shots, the, the rolling fire across the ceiling. Looks sick. wicked sick. But the problem is when you have, like, there's no way to hide this is David Duchovny. Like, there's only so much you can do, mm-hmm. right, with like the fire. Sure. Like, it can just be a curtain on fire and here's a towel slap at it. Right. I guess. I don't know. There's a couple but, of uh, cool behind-the-scenes things here that you probably know. Um, the hallway moment where he confronts him in the hallway, you actually see Mark Shepard ducking out of the hallway because he got overwhelming. Oh, no he shit. He was like, fuck. He ducked out of the scene because it just got too hot. Uh, cool. And Mulder is the only person who ever got hurt in the making of this, which was he got burned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Permanently. Did, yeah. Scarred on his hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a little uh, Ben BP nine thousand says something about that. Yeah, sex little story you can show. But the the, show the, the guy fucking the guy just burned out on the toilet. That's sick looking. <laughs> it's goofy, but it's like, dude, imagine seeing that. Like, holy shit! There's the driver. Yeah, it's it's a cool reveal. Like How does nothing it work, else in the though? bathroom is burned. Yeah, which is crazy. How does it work? <laughs> Nobody knew that guy got burned to death in the thing. there's no smoke there's no smell ever burn a piece of toast stinks up the whole house man (laughs) let alone a six foot something driver that's a big boy he's a big fucking dude he's a bodyguard (laughs) yeah he's got dude he's built like fucking michael madsen right how many people did he kill in fucking like bosnia or some shit (laughs) right (laughs) who with with his hands (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this this whole like the action is a little little wonky here. Like the house is on fire and Cecil's running around and Scully draws down mm-hmm. on him, but she's afraid to shoot. The spot because, from that round. <laughs> but Phoebe's not afraid to throw around a can full of jet fuel inside of a structure fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a bold, bold move. Okay. 
Um, yeah, and we get like Mulder's moment of overcoming his fear to rescue the kids, which we don't even really see. Um, but okay, like that is cool. You had your fear, you failed. Now you get through it. And uh, then, yeah, they just, I mean, they just throw rocket fuel on this guy and he goes outside and sets himself on fire. It's dumb. We can say it. (laughs) She should have shot him. First of all, if the house is encased in the rocket fuel, there is a fire upstairs that is horrific. (laughs) There's an inferno on the second floor. I think if you shoot him in the head, you guys are going to be okay. And if it starts a fire, just run out of the fucking first floor. You're already yeah, at the, the door. The front door's 10 feet behind. Come on, shoot him. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's wonky. It's goofy. Wonky. Um and then the wrap up here like uh, the, him well, okay. I, I guess our Part of, our first wrap up Can I say is, this? One thing I do like, I loved the idea of him losing control of the fire and the chaos and it getting him. I thought that's pretty fucking cool. And unexpected. But that's not what happens. But it's exactly not what happens. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if he had stayed in the house and lost and, control of it. Yep. And went yep. down with the ship out of my like, cool. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, not what happens. Not what happens. Goes outside and then just could literally, I guess, just leave if he wanted. Or or turn around and light them on fire again. He could have <laughs> burned know. everybody, right? I would think he seems to be good at that. Hmm. Um, I do kind of like our, our, as we get into our little epilogue, our scene with um, Mulder and Scully. That's awesome, dude. This is good. Care to take me to lunch? I fucking oh, love her. Dude, it's great. That little sly grin. <sighs> How fast Mulder's head whips around <laughs> towards the door. And sees a much hotter and more awesome woman. You're welcome, mm-hmm. dickhead. Yeah. Um, scare you? You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't call. She didn't call Scully. This is like swingers. The day he gets over her, she's gonna call. Yeah. Right. Well, I thought I, I like the reveal. Right. She sent the tape. Yeah. And he hasn't listened to it. She's a weirdo. Fucking trash can. Ten to one, you can't dance to it. Cool. I like Me it. Too. You know, what I don't like you. You don't like Boston Mercy Hospital. <laughs> I definitely don't like Boston Murphy Hospital. Um, <laughs> dying for a cigarette. Here's, a, here's another thing I don't like. Original script of this episode includes a conversation near the end in which Scully comments, well, never let it be said you wouldn't walk through fire for a woman, Mulder. He answers, and never let it be said that I wouldn't do it again for you again, Scully. Hmm. <gasps> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that got cut. That's a good one. Um, it's probably a, for the best. So here's, I, apparently, Chris, our boy, CC, thought he had himself a recurring character, a love triangle, a Scotland Yard <laughs> slash Sherlock Holmes <laughs> insight, and perhaps even a recurring villain. Hilarious. And a weird phobia embedded in Mulder. Instead, like this episode like, there's Monster of the Week episodes, which stand on their own. And then there's this episode, which essentially might as well be retconned the fuck out of existence. Because nothing that occurs or is said or is insinuated is ever referenced again. That's a bummer. That's a, a bummer. And <laughs> I'm okay with it. Right. Yep. 
Oh yeah. Hey, oh, hey. Fire. Fire. Um, should we do some listener comments here, buddy? I'd love to. Right. Aaron. Uh, I want to say Cisney. Right? C-I-S-N-E-Y. Yeah. She says, She's in the chat. Fire. An episode about some guy that sets things on fire for I don't know reasons. Actually, this episode is really all about the drama that is Mulder having to deal with his messy ex-girlfriend and Scully's choice eye rolls and sarcasm while watching it all go down. Sometimes I want to be entertained by the X-Files, sophisticated intelligence torturing, and sometimes I just want to watch Mulder make out with his ex while Scully watches because I am a simple person entertained by simple things. Aaron, I like your style. And uh, that comment is really funny to me. (laughs) Which is why I'm going to say how I feel about this episode when we get to didn't like it, like it, hated it, loved it. All right. I said that all um, wrong, by the way. All right. I'll, uh, I'll double down on the Aaron with Aaron Fallon. I have some goofy nostalgia for that episode and therefore remember it being a bit um, better, but still a personal favorite for season one, regardless of some silly dialogue and plot points, not to mention the character Phoebe, basically made me want to set myself on fire. <laughs> All right. I just want to give Demaris' comments very brief. And the only reason I'm talking about it is because I misread it at first. And I, and I referenced it in the beginning of the episode. She wrote, wow, if it isn't a young Mark Shepard, the geek god himself. And I thought she said Greek god. And I thought, well, oh. he's okay looking. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a cutie. It's fine. But a Greek god, Demaris, he is not. And I thought, yeah. that's really weird. And then I reread it and went, oh, geek god. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, one more I just want to add because it's uh, this is kind of a cool personal story that uh, Lauren Kier said. said. Oh, this is fun. This episode, funny, yeah. Yeah. This episode always stood out to me for two reasons. One, because as a kid, I watched a show about spontaneous combustion and then was convinced I was hot and going to burst into flames <laughs> for a week until my dad convinced me it wasn't possible. Jesus Christ. Um, I know, um, I know you have had times in your life as a, uh, not full blown, but borderline. What do you, what's that word I'm looking for when you kind of get uh, carried away with fears of? Uh, oh, anxiety for sure around around medical shit. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. there's a word for that. I, the hypochondria. Yeah, hypochondria. Yeah, thing. I definitely have uh, tendencies towards it. You're not like full blown, but no, no, by it any doesn't means. cripple me. But there are times where I'm like, oh, that mark on my skin is probably stage forty cancer. <laughs> you know, like I get like that. For really no, I spent, no logical reason. There were like two years as like a, I think like 12, 13, 14, like somewhere in that range, where every time I had a headache that lasted for more than 15 minutes, I literally thought I had a brain tumor. Dude. I was See, so you, you know how it feels. <laughs> completely convinced. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well, that anyway. was when, when a mutual friend of ours passed away. Yeah. I would, I yeah. Got, if I got like a fever, I'm like, I'm fucking going to die right now. Yep. Like that shit, that fucks with your head, man. But yeah, that is um, spontaneous combustion, however, that is a good one. So <laughs> I think I'm going to just say Lauren wins on the uh, unreasonable medical fears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wins. That's a good one, man. All right, man. So final thoughts. Okay. You know, I mean, it's uh, there's some things. It's British, right? I don't know. What am I trying to say? I don't think I have anything to say. Um, so I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to give you my scale, then let me talk about it a little bit. So okay. hated it, didn't like it, 
liked it or loved it, guess what? And I'm sorry that this keeps happening. I liked it. (laughs) Text files. Broken record. (laughs) Scully. I liked it. Um, But no, so I feel like, and, and, and I know I say this sometimes too, but I definitely feel like there's a good episode in here with the same characters, even with the same actors, if you could restructure a little bit to focus on certain things. Like, if you want to give us the reveal of who the guy is in the beginning, cool. You got to make the drama lay on something stronger than this shoehorned in old flame, right? You have to restructure yeah. a little for it to make sense. And I think they could have done that. You, you probably could have cut out the goofy bar scene. Maybe you give us a little more on the letters. Maybe you tone back the Phoebe nonsense and you rein her in a little and cut a bunch of her dialogue and... Because the more she talks, the more unlikable she is. And I think if she would talk less (laughs) and maybe we rely on subtle performances or looks or yearning or things of this nature, it might have had us believing it a little bit more. And even though I like the scene of Mulder being overwhelmed with fear, I think you probably could have not even said he has a phobia of fire and having him panic in that moment because it's fire and he's a person and he's made of water. <laughs> that would have made sense for him to kind of lose it in that minute and back out and then overcome it later in the episode. That could have still worked without, again, shoehorning and shit dialogue. Um, and then at the end, maybe if you just change it a little bit with the way the bad guy meets his demise or seeming demise, it, 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 I think it... I think it starts to rocket up the ranks a little bit more because I just have a soft spot for pyrokinetics as a, as a thing. And, and I like the idea of somebody killing, you know, these, these richer people. It's just kind of cool. It's like a weird uh, serial killer flavor. Like he, there's a certain victim he's looking for or something, you know, I think, I think, I think there's a really good episode in here. I just am not prepared to say that, but I will just say I like it. So that's, that's what I got, pal. I'm handing it to you. Yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna add much to that. I'm once again ringing the. Uh, I liked it, Bell. Uh, barely, I guess. If I had to, <laughs> it's it's not h- hard up in that uh, up in that tier. But yeah, I mean, there if are. If I things had to like, cut something loose, <clears throat> and it was yeah. in the bucket with a few others, it might be going quick. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, I'm subjective, and I love X Files, and sure. you know, you have. Uh, I do love fire shit too, right. and there's there's a lot of fun like little moments in this episode it's it's kind of quirky and neat that this weird these outrageous british characters are introduced into x-files for like not a situation you're used to seeing them you know it's fbi it's all americans usually um that's fun and scully's reaction and it's ham-fisted but this whole little love not love triangle this whole thing between Mulder and phoebe and then scully's interaction there's some there's some good moments in there so yeah i mean uh it's not one I'll, I'll go back to often, but if I was if I was sick, right? I'm on the couch and the marathon's and going. Marathon's going, and it, I could like reach over my my little hot tea and get to the remote to skip this episode if I really wanted. I, I'd just let it ride. I'd let it ride too. I think unless I yeah. was like, okay, I've got like about an hour and fifteen minutes and beyond the season next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's getting skimmed. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Um, so let's lead right into that. Yeah. The, so can, let me just say one other thing because I was thinking about it while you're talking because you started talking about the fire. I was talking about more like pyrokinetics, but dude, 
it's kind of let's 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 give our boy Chris Carter a little bit of props for tackling fire on a TV show. I mean, it's a bitch to work with. Yeah, that's that, there's yeah. a lot of fucking stunt shit. I mean, that's hard. We're gonna burn shit down and make a TV show. I mean, this is hard to do. So, I mean, there's something to be said for that. But lead us into the Beyond the Sea. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, you guys are going to hear that next. Beyond the Sea is going to be dropping next week. Um, we will be back with you. Uh, that is a pre-recorded episode, as we've talked about mm-hmm. uh, before. Obviously, we have uh, some that have been been gone through before that will drop back in um, in the uh, in the proper order. The proper and, order. Yeah. And then we will be back the following week yeah. with... Um, shit, what is, uh, I don't have this. After Beyond the Sea, it is, um, Gender Bender, which I am dying to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a neat one. I love doing that episode, even though I've never done it, but you know what I'm saying. I love the idea of doing it. Um, and for any of you Game of Thrones fans out there, the director for Beyond the Sea, and we might mention on the episode is David Nutter. And, uh, he directed the episode titled Reigns of the Castamere. And if you've ever heard of The Red Wedding, that is a serious episode of television. And I am not surprised that his name was attached to Beyond the Sea. Wow. Yeah. He's done several Game of Thrones episodes. One, two. He's doing, th- he's doing three episodes in season eight. He did Mother's Mercy, Dance of Dragons, Misha, The Reigns of the Castamere, A Man Without Autumn. And, and these are big episodes. So between him and Spotnik, I think is his name, or Sapochnik, I forget that guy's name. Fuck. There's um, another big director who does some great Game of Thrones, but Nutter's in there. Okay. He's badass. Yeah, and uh we mentioned this, I don't know if I don't know if we were recording yet, but um we uh we don't usually talk about membership on this show, but uh this month. We are part of part of LSG Media. Yes. Um and we LSG Media does uh live and die by membership. Um and one thing Dean and I were talking about was uh we do have a number of those pre recorded episodes that are not gonna come up for a good long time um that we had previously released and then pulled out of the feed. And uh, we are gonna be dropping those back into our bonus feed, yep. which is available for members, um along with a ton and ton of other cool stuff you can And if where do you where do you learn more about that? LibertyStreetGeek.net, baby. If you go to LibertyStreetGeek.net, you'll learn all about what we've had, what we've got going on over there. And I do wanna say this. It's August first, two thousand eighteen of the recording of this episode Fire. Um this month on the bonus on the bonus feed for members only. We are going to have Josh jump on to an episode this month in August, and it's going to be before the end of the month, and we're going to be talking about Star Trek Four, which is where they go back to Earth. They go back in time, and I'm going to tell you what, that's going to be a fun-ass episode. Don't miss that. Um, so we will probably, if you stay stay tuned with LSG, all things LSG Media, if you follow us on the, if you follow us on Twitter at LSG Media, you'll get all this information as it comes out. But Josh will be appearing on that bonus episode because I know how he feels about that about that uh, particular episode. Uh, excuse me, film Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, and uh, it's it. it's so good, right? We're gonna have a lot of fun talking about that. So that will be on the bonus feed. So if you listen to um, if you listen exclusively to X Files, which is probably very possible. And you want to hear, and you want to hear Josh do something different, and you're interested in some some membership stuff. You should check it out. It'll be a lot of fun over there. But um, I had fun, man. I had fun talking about fire, and I knew we were going to make it fun. And uh, I am really looking forward to recording Gender Bender. Rob Bowman, yeah, that's going to be a blast. <laughs> Rob, old Rob Bowman. Oh yeah, another big oh, yeah. time director, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He, yeah. He's done a number of a number of great ones for X Files, and then obviously a lot else. Tons of shit. But um, uh, we are going to. Uh, I guess we're going to say um, good night. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Time to pop outside because you know what, Dean? Oh, just dying for a cigarette. Oh boy, we're out of here. Thank you.